Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Jacksonville Jags will be in action tomorrow in a game that other than Jacksonville Jaguar fans, I don't know who's going to be all that in tuned in to. Uh, they made a major decision. The Tom Coughlin era is over in Jacksonville. Where did the Jags go from here? Well, I thought it was a story worth talking about. That's why I asked Heck to reach out and ask Gene Frenette from the Florida Times Union to join us and give us some Jaguars insight. Gene, Jody Mack here in New York. How are you doing tonight? Doing well. Watching the same game you are. Yeah, exactly. We got it on in the background while we talk here on the phone. Uh, and, yes, San Francisco has responded and driven down the field to tie it up and make it 14-10. So, another high-scoring affair with the 49ers this week. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be high-scoring against the Jags tomorrow, but it's going to be a different Jaguars team than the last couple of years because the Tom Coughlin era is over and done with. Uh, knew it was a possibility. Didn't know they were going to pull the plug before the end of the season. What do you think Shad Khan's line of thinking was to do so with two games to go? Well, I don't. I don't think it's any big secret. I mean, the the scathing indictment against Tom Coughlin and his uh, medieval uh, autocratic ways uh, came back to bite him this week when the NFL PA came down really hard on him for. Uh, for the uh, uh, you know you know trying to make things that are supposed to be voluntary in the off season mandatory you know trying to force players to go to medical appointments at the facility uh, during the off season uh, you can do that during the season but the off season is the players' time and if you start mandating uh, things like that uh, you know you can't be surprised if it comes back to bite you particularly in this day and age. 20, 25 years ago, if this same thing had happened, I don't know if the NFLPA would have had the muscle to do what it did to Tom Coughlin this week. But it's a different era now, different generation of players. So when things are, you know, when you start going against the rules of the collective bargaining agreement, uh, you're going to get more pushback from the players in this day and age. Uh, I guess the thing that surprised me more than anything wasn't Tom's firing. The surprising thing to me was the chutzpah and, who, and hubris it took for Tom to think he could get away with it. You know, here's, here's a guy who spent his entire career, you know, expecting players to follow his marching orders right down to the last detail, and yet his career is now come to an unceremonious end because he couldn't follow the rules himself. Agreed, and I do agree with you when you say his career has come to an end. I don't think there's anybody hiring Tom Coughlin uh, for any position of consequence going forward with the way this thing has ended. As you mentioned, uh, Hutzpah and Tom doing it his way, my way, or the highway. I, I'm assuming that he was told that this has to stop because I covered Tom Coughlin when he, was, when he was in New York, and he was darn close to being let go as the head coach of the Giants before he ever won his first Super Bowl, let alone his second Super Bowl, and he did change at least some. 
he was able to curb himself and not have as rigorous a set of rules in the way that he handled his business and everything else. I'm sure he was warned again down in Jacksonville. What, did he just not care and say, no, if I'm going to go down, I'm going down my way, and that's with all my rules in place? Well, I, you know, it's, it's, it's pure speculation as to whether he was, you know, actually warned by anybody. Uh, you know, because you remember, you got, you got to remember what's different for Tom in Jacksonville now compared to New York is, you know, Tom didn't have all the power in New York that he has here in Jacksonville. Uh, you know, he, he controls the roster. He controls personnel here. And he is the top executive running the whole football organization. That wasn't the case in New York. He was the head coach, and that's all he was. So uh, it's, it's a little bit different in that respect. True. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's just amazing in, in, in this day and age uh, just to think that, you know, you know what the rules are, and, uh, you know, and yet, you know, I mean, finding Dante Fowler – $28,000 for all each of the 25 appointments he missed in the offseason the, at the team's medical facility is, is, is outrageous. Uh, and, and, and here's something else, too. Uh, um, Dwayne Smoot, who's like a backup pass rusher for the Jaguars, you know, might play 20 snaps a game, 25 snaps a game. Well, in London last year, he oversleeps and misses breakfast uh, um, in London. You know, now, now, granted, Smoot admits he made a mistake, and he expected to get fined for it. But, you know, he was expecting, you know, $3,000, $5,000. He got fined $30,000, which for him uh, was a game check right. for, for missing breakfast. And uh, so, you know, things like that, you know, can, can start to wear on players if, when they start to think that, that things are excessive. It's not making the fine. It's sometimes the amount. Uh, seems to be, you know, way out of line with whatever the particular offense is. We're talking to uh, Gene Frenette from the Florida Times Union about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Here with us on uh, CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Doug Marone is still the coach. He's probably dead coach walking, and he's got two games to go, and then uh, the Jaguars will go in another direction because he was certainly handpicked by Tom Coughlin. Uh, I had a call earlier and say, how is he still coaching the team? Well, because it says two games left. So do you really need an interim to go in there just to make a statement? I, it didn't bother me one way. If he got fired, it wouldn't have bothered me, him coaching the last two games. So it doesn't bother me either. Where does Shad Khan go from here? Does he replace Tom Copland? Does he get a president? Does he go general manager? Is that guy going to be able to pick the coach, or is the owner going to be more hands-on going forward? What's the next big step for the Jags? Well, I think that's a pretty that's a pretty interesting uh, question that it has, certainly has no definitive answer at this point. Shad Khan is pretty good about in terms of uh, keeping his cards close to the vest and. He's not your typical owner. He, I mean, he, he's, a, you know, he, he's, he's willing to think outside the box sometimes. And, uh, you know, I, don't, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't wager uh, a heavy amount of money one way or the other whether Doug Marone will be back next season or not. Conventional wisdom says no, but, uh, you know, who knows what might happen these last two games. Uh, if they happen to win these last two games uh, against Atlanta tomorrow and next week at home against Indy, you know, uh, you know, the, certainly Doug Marone, more so than the GM Dave Caldwell, has a chance to help himself these last two weeks. And, you know, and I don't know how much weight this is going to carry, but the players are very supportive of Doug Marone. They like the way that he has handled this team, even though the results 
show otherwise. Now, just because the players support the coach, that doesn't necessarily mean that the owner is going to bring him back. You know, I mean, the, you know, the, you know, things like that can go can go either way. But I, I, I just kind of think right now that the, in my opinion, the Jaguars need to have a reboot, and they need, I think, they need a fresh vision, a fresh set of eyes. And uh, don't forget, they got four first round draft picks over the next two years. So uh, it's going to be a, if the job does come open, it's going to be an attractive job for two reasons. Number one, Shad Khan is uh, is pretty much a hands off owner. He provides the resources to win, and he lets you do your job. So, and with the Jaguars having four first-round picks on top of that, uh, that's a pretty attractive option for a coach. All right, but do the Jaguars have a quarterback going forward? Well, that's a good question, too, because uh, <laughs> there's no question that Gardner Minshew, the six-round rookie, has played far above what anybody ever anticipated he would. But that being said, that doesn't necessarily mean he's a long-term answer at the position. You know, they gave, you know they they handed Nick Foles fifty million dollars in guaranteed money, four years, eighty-eight million dollars as a free agent, and unfortunately he breaks his collarbone on the eleventh play of the season and is out for eight games. And then when they bring him back, he struggles mightily. Just the offense just looked absolutely hideous uh, when he was in there, and you know he just doesn't have the weapons here in Jacksonville that he had in Philadelphia, and it's it's just a different situation for Nick Foles here in Jacksonville than it was uh, in Philadelphia. Right, but the new coach is going to want to be able to make that decision. There's no bigger decision for head coach than who his quarterback is. And if he's got an opinion on Minshew or an opinion on Foles, could like them both, could like neither, might like one over the other, and then it would be pretty easy. Um, Will the opinion of the coach on the quarterback going forward for the Jags be the difference between getting or not getting that job? Uh, I, I wouldn't think so, uh, mainly because, you know, you, you might just have to let these guys, you know, fight it out in training camp. You know, I mean, uh, they can't really cut Nick Foles. I mean, it's a $33 million debt, debt hit on the salary cap if you cut him. So, I mean, that, that's just, that would just be silly to, to, to do that. So you get, you've got to keep him for one more year. And, you're, and obviously Gardner Minshew is playing on a rookie deal. So those two guys – should be back. We'll both be back next year, and let them compete for the job, and and may the best man win. Now, obviously, if Gardner Minshew plays really well these last two games, then uh, that that to me that just means that he'll be the he'll be the leader in the clubhouse going into going into training camp. And you mentioned it's a good job for a head coach, and or if they decide to bring in another president, you, you think the general man's got a very little chance of keeping his job, but uh, they could just go with the general manager, have the general manager report directly to the owner uh, rather than a two-headed position there. Here's my issue with, despite the fact that you tell me Shad Khan's a good owner to work for, the franchise itself, if the Cowboys are America's team, the Jaguars are almost non-America's team. They're the first team to play in London. It's almost a home away from home for them. Uh, going forward, they're going to play more international games, which could suggest more non-home games in northern Florida for the Jaguars. Is that going to potentially keep guys who uh, Shad Khan might be willing to pay a lot of money to, but the guy says, well, there's not quite enough money around for me to want to take a job with that organization in the situation they're in right now. Am I overstating it, or is this an issue with them going out and getting a big-name replacement? Well, I mean, it, 
I suppose it's possible they could play one more international game. But I think if that happens, it's going to be as the visiting team. Now, I don't think they're going to be giving away another home game. And the reason I say that is because Shad Khan knows he has to play in London to help supplement his local revenue. The Jaguars make more than, uh, more than double their revenue to play every year in London. Okay, The Jaguars make a lot more money as the home team in London than any other NFL team makes because they commit to doing it every year. They got first in line, and the NFL has given them the benefits of that. Now, if you go and play a second home game in London, now you're really starting to really uh, aggravate and turn off your fan base. Uh, you know, if you go and play a, a road game there, no big deal. But if you take away another regular season home game and go to London, I, I just don't see that happening anytime soon. Fair enough. Uh, the, 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 contract for, uh, uh, the, the contract for next year hasn't been signed yet. I mean, I expect something will happen here imminently. They've waited a little bit later than usual this year to sign that deal. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, uh, there's going to be some PR issues for the Jaguars if they take a second home game and go to London with it. Agreed. All right, last question. Um, Because they're going to have a question mark at the quarterback position going into next year, and their fan base is what it is. They don't sell out. That's why they got first in line to be the team in London. But they're trying to build that fan base up and keep it at least uh, somewhat plentiful. Does a big-name coach draw in fans? Can they play at the very top of the market and try and get involved in a Lincoln-Riley pull out of Oklahoma or talk to a Saban from from, uh, Alabama? Is there enough Shad money, Shad Khan money to go around for them to get a guy who you can actually make an argument for could put fannies in the seats in Jacksonville? Well, the names that you mentioned are, are certainly two names that I think would create a splash. Nick Saban, uh, Lincoln Riley. Uh, you might throw Urban Meyer in there as well because of his connections uh, to Florida. But uh, in the coaching business, uh, in my opinion, there's very few hires when it comes to an NFL coaching hire that, to me, that actually put fannies in the seat. True. Now, I mean, obviously, if you go get a Bill Belichick, I mean, I mean that, which is obviously a pie in the, pie in the sky fantasy. I mean, that, that's 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 a different story. But the, uh, I, I just don't see a coaching hire uh, unless it's somebody that's really unbelievable is going to really put a lot of fannies in the seats. Nothing puts fannies in the seats like winning. Winning doesn't, okay? And I don't care if it's Jacksonville uh, or Buffalo or, you know, I, I don't want to say L.A. because I think L.A. is a little bit more, much more of an apathetic market. Uh, but in a, in a place like Jacksonville, if you win, if you, you, know, you win 9, 10, 11 games a year for a sustained period of four or five years, you wouldn't have any problems filling the stadium. But when you're going, you know, four and twelve, five and eleven, six and ten, three and thirteen, and then and then you throw in that a ten and six AFC championship game appearance one time, but uh, all the other times you're uh, you know you're at the bottom of your division, you know you can't expect fans to keep showing up for that. Agreed. Uh, I think the Jaguars have done a. I think the Jaguar fans have been you know considering the size of the market have done a pretty credible job because the Jaguars need a much higher percentage of the population in Northeast Florida 
to go to games to fill that stadium than most NFL cities need. Very much so. All right, uh, you got a 5-9 and nine Jaguar team against a 5-9 Falcon team, both coming off upset wins last week. Jags got a chance tomorrow in Atlanta? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. But they got to get off to a better start. I mean, Jody, they, every game in the last two months, the Jaguars are falling. I mean, they fell behind. They were, they were down 16-3 to three at Oakland last week. I mean, if, if, the, uh, if, the head of, if the head referee hadn't stopped the clock with 2.05 to go and given the Jaguars an extra timeout, they probably would have lost that game. And then John Gruden you know, made things better for the Jaguars when he elected to throw on third down and not run the clock. Uh, but, uh, but the point is, is that, you know, when you, start, when you fall behind by double digits, you know, home or away, but especially on the road, it's really tough to come back. The Jaguars were very, very fortunate last week to win that game. Uh, but, you know, give credit to the defense. They, uh, they hung in there after falling behind by 13 points. And Gardner Minshew made some plays when it mattered. But uh, it's going to be a tough game tomorrow. This the Atlanta Falcons have some really, really exceptional skilled players. I mean, Julio Jones, Austin Hooper, Matt Ryan, uh, even Devontae Freeman, the running back. Uh, the Jaguars, they got to get off to a good start. If they don't, I don't see them winning that game. Dean, good stuff. Appreciate you coming aboard. Have a happy holiday season. You should have a fun off season too, with uh, what transpired there this week. Enjoy. No doubt. Thanks, Kate. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.